We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the LakersNation.com post-post game show. I'm your host, Sean Davis. Uh, the Lakers get the win tonight in the in-season tournament, keeping their undefeated record in the in-season tournament alive, winning tonight 107-95. to They improved to 3-0 in the tournament, like I said. They can officially win their group if they beat the Utah Jazz on Monday night. I oh, know Tuesday night, Tuesday night, excuse me. They play the Jazz on Tuesday night and they can win their grouping then. So that's going to be a fun time. The Lakers would advance to the uh, best of eight. And if the Lakers, somebody said, what happens if we lose to Utah? I guess it just depends on what happens elsewhere. Um, the Lakers, they played everybody except Utah. Utah has also played everybody. So, yeah, Tuesday night will determine. I don't know. I don't know what the tiebreaker is, actually. That's very interesting. So, if both teams go three and one, that is something that I do not, I am not aware of. So, um, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Mateo sends a super chat. Appreciate you. But, like I said, this is the LakerStation.com post-post game show where we dive into all the X's and O's and advanced analytics from tonight's game and we'll uh, have a fun time diving into what was a, a game that I think has a lot of narratives you have Anthony Davis continued struggles at least in terms of box score production uh, production you have a, a brilliant brilliant game from LeBron James you have Austin Reeves continued playmaking struggles like that it's continuing um, yeah, we have a bunch of stuff to dive in here to tonight. Anthony Davis, he took 18 shots or 19 shots. So I guess I'll start off here and then obviously I'll take your questions and comments as we go. Look at just some of the box score stuff here. Um, really, really quickly. Look at the box score. Uh, LeBron James, like I said, phenomenal night tonight 35 points. For LeBron James, nine assists, five boards. He shot 13 of 22 from the floor tonight. D'Angelo Russell, I thought was just solid tonight. He had 14 points, six assists, five of 10 shooting, four of seven from three. Cam Reddish, 
eight points, three steals, one of two from three. Anthony Davis, 16 points, 14 rebounds, three steals, five blocks, two assists. He did have six turnovers, shot eight of 19 from the floor. Rui Hachimura, seven off the bench. Christian Wood, 10 off the bench. Double-double for Christian Wood. And Austin Reeves, seven points. He did have four assists and three turnovers. But I want to start with Anthony Davis. I said this on the uh, playback stream with Lakers Nation. Uh, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. I said this on our late, our first ever Lakers Nation members only uh, live stream last night. I said this last night. I'm going to say it again here. We are entering year five for Anthony Davis as a Laker, right? This is year five. And I still don't think that we, there is a, like, a fair, like, conversation around Anthony Davis, right? I am more, I am better off with this game with, from Anthony Davis than I am the Sacramento Kings game, right? Where he took 19 shots tonight. Like, I, I bad, I mean, excuse me. Good players, right, are allowed to have bad games, right? That is, that, that's for like off shooting nights. That is perfectly acceptable, right? And what's not perfectly acceptable is when great players just say, nah, I'm not going to be aggressive and nah, I'm not going to shoot the ball tonight. Anthony Davis was taking shots. He had 19 shot attempts, like I said tonight. He just shot eight for 19. Did get a great whistle tonight. He didn't. I think he only shot one free throw tonight. He only shot one free throw and he missed it. Right. So it's not like Anthony Davis had 16 points because he took eight shots. Anthony Davis had 16 points because he took 19 shots. He just missed and he couldn't get to the free throw line. Right. Now, a big concern with Anthony Davis at this point of the season is his mid range jumper is broke right now. It is not it is non-existent right now for Anthony Davis. That is a legitimate problem, right? Where Anthony Davis right now on the season is shooting 28% on mid-range jumpers. He's shooting 23.5% though on pull-up mid-range jumpers. Like that is a legitimate problem, right? So I'm not mad at Anthony Davis for the game necessarily. I thought he was almost like back to form defensively. Like he was still, I think limping and I, I don't think he's a hundred percent like healthy. Right. But I, I do think that, you know, I'm, I'm fine with this game from Anthony. I mean, you, you don't want to see your best players play poorly. Right. But I'd rather you like be aggressive and play poorly than not play aggressive and just score seven points or nine points, whatever he scored against Sacramento. Right. So, that is my thoughts on the Anthony Davis thing. I think he's fine. Get get him back healthy, and uh, we're rolling, right? But the the things with you know with Anthony Davis is this is why I think it's so hard to have a real conversation by Anthony Davis because I think there are sections of like social media and like hot culture, you know, hot take culture debates or whatever that believe that Anthony Davis in twenty twenty three is still a elite, you know, elite, you know, self-creator, right? Which has not been the case in four years. He hasn't been a, an elite self-creator since the bubble. And that's just a fact, right? 
But what Anthony Davis is, is an elite defender. We know that. I would argue he's the best defender in the NBA. Uh, Anthony Davis is also one of, if not top three, best play finishers in the NBA. I think that's, uh, I think it's hard to kind of argue that as well, right? And what Anthony Davis does for you is he, I mean, so far this season, I think he's at, what, 23 points per game or whatever. Before he got hurt, I think it was like 24. Last season, he was averaging around 26-ish points per game. Let me see. Cool. So last season, Anthony Davis averaged 26. I'm rounding up. 26 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, two two blocks, and a steal a game on 56.3% shooting. Add that to the best defense in the NBA, right? And we're, we're cooking, right? So, like, Anthony Davis is not an elite sub-creator, which is why he's just not a number one option, right? Just is what it is. But we can't, like, discredit the fact that he is still a top 12 player that is still a good a good player, a really, really good, a really good offense player and just an elite defensive player. Like, we got to be able to have these conversations. Was he playing the five in the bubble? He did play some five in the bubble. The Lakers were actually at their best uh, when Anthony Davis was at the five in the bubble. If you look at cleaning the glass data, some other lineup data, the Lakers, the Lakers were at their best when AD was at the five. Now, Anthony Davis was at his best individually when he was the four, right? But the Lakers, ever since Anthony Davis has been a Laker, the Lakers have always been better when he was the five than when he was the four. They've always been better. If you look at like lineup data, cleaning the glass data, et cetera, they've always been better. He's been better at the four, but they but they've always been better with him as the five. All right. Let's see what we got here. Uh Sean, how much sleep do you get? I don't sleep a ton. <laughs> uh old Mike says, just want to give you a shout out. Uh a shout. Lakers Nation. I'm a Lakers fan from New Zealand. Love you guys' work. Well, Mike, I appreciate you. Appreciate the super chat. Avon Trader said it would be a three-way tie with the Lakers, Utah, with the Lakers, Jazz, and Suns. It would go by point differential. Lakers lead at plus thirty, uh, plus forty-two. Um, right now, yeah. Let's see. In-season tournament. To his point, yeah. So the Lakers, essentially, Lakers. Don't lose by 42 points, essentially. <laughs> That's not really how that works, but you get my you get my drift. All right, let's let's see what we have here in the chat. AD is super dope. Hip hop says that AD this year is 21.6 points per game. He is leaving four to eight points per game on the table. Yeah, he is. That is 100% factual. Again, I think it's the fact that like the mid-range jumper isn't falling at all. That's really what it is. Because last season he was around 39-ish percent on mid-range jumpers, right? So, like I said, right now he's at like 28%. So you add another 10% and there's your other eight points or your other six points that Super Dope Hip Hop was referring to. Yeah, and that's weird. Like uh, Amaria, uh, Amaris, I believe, says... AD's been great on free throws. I want to say he said almost 90% on free throws. It's something insane like that. 
Let's see. Anthony Davis free throws. Yeah, it's going to go down just a little bit after tonight, but it was at 88.9% on his free throw attempts. All right, chat. We got to get into this award. We haven't done it in a little while. The spark plug of the game. The spark plug of the game is kind of like the star in your role award where we break down the guy that contribution might not have showed up in the box score as much, but they were awesome tonight, and they made a bunch of winning, winning plays that I thought showed up on the film, showed up on the box in, in the game live that, again, might not pop up as much in the box score. So, chat, who is the spark plug of the night? I think there's two guys that you could give it to. There's two guys you could give it to, but I'm giving it to one. Chat, who we got? I'm seeing a bunch of them. I do want to shout out Christian Wood. I'm going to give a, a, a shout out to my guy, CW. I thought this was a really, really good game from Christian Wood. 10 points, like I said, 10 points, 10 boards. Had a, made a concerted effort on the defensive glass. But for crying out loud, can he hit a three? It really doesn't seem like he's like hit a three in a long time. But the spark plug of the game winner tonight has to be Cam Reddish. This is the fifth, and old Mike agrees with me uh, with a super chat. Old Mike agrees. This has got it. This is, I want to say, the fifth straight game. Let me check their the schedule really fast. But I want to say this is the fifth straight game where I think you walk away from that game and you're like genuinely impressed of Cam Reddish. Yep, going back to that Phoenix game, November 10th. So this is five straight games. So oh, eight days. Likes to play uh, five games in eight days. And he got star in your role. Well, there you go, right? And he is just so freaking active defensively like it is insane his hands in the passing lanes are incredible right like he is just so freaking active in the passing lanes his ball pressure is elite i think he navigates screens fairly all right i think he does a good job in one-on-one true isolation situations we've seen it against like kd we've seen it in the past and he's a big reason why like i am not all that terrified of this of a Suns matchup right now. I'm not, right? Um, and I think that Cam Reddish, as long as the three-point shot is like semi-consistent, which it's been for, for him this far recently. Like, like I said, like past five or six games, it's been like decently consistent for Cam Reddish, right? This is a guy that is going to play like actual big time minutes. And that's super, super exciting to see a, another guy that is turning out to be a stud for the Lakers. Cam Reddish for the Lakers this season. After tonight, including tonight's game, he is now at 36% rounding up on uh, from three. And he's at 33% in the, on catch and shoot threes. Let's keep bumping that catch, catch and shoot number up to 36-ish percent. And we are absolutely cooking. Cam Reddish has been so good recently. I think his handle is still super, super loose. I'm not going to lie, right? 
I think the handle's super loose, but I, I, I think he has been awesome. He's been so good. Um, Let's see. Let's see what we got here in the chat. Let's break down the next seven games. Okay, we can do that. Let me pull up the Lakers schedule. Already have it pulled up. So Lakers are seven and six right now. Lakers right now, their record stands at seven and six. The Lakers next seven games. Pulling it up. Shout out to schedules on ESPN. There we go. All right. Let's take a look at this. You got Houston, Utah, Dallas, Cleveland, Philly. Uh, wait, Houston, Utah, Dallas, Cleveland, Philly, Detroit, Oklahoma City. We'll just do the next nine. Uh, and then Houston, Dallas again. Oh, wait, never mind, never mind. Never mind. We'll stop here at the second Houston game. So we'll do the next eight, right? Houston, Utah, Dallas, Cleveland, Philly, Detroit, Oklahoma City, Houston. That is your next eight. Four of which are on the road for a four-game road trip on the East Coast primarily. And then you have uh, four at home, including a quick three-game home stand with Houston and then a back-to-back against Utah and Dallas. So if I'm making a record prediction for the next for these next eight games, I think you beat Detroit. I think you beat Utah. I don't want to sound like pessimistic, but I think five and three is the is the look here. I think Dallas is a loss with no Vando. Dallas is a loss. I don't as of right now, I don't know if you beat Houston twice. Huh, hold on. Dallas, I don't know if you beat Houston twice. I think maybe you lose to Houston the second time. Huh. That's tough. Chad, what are we thinking here record-wise? I-, I think four and four, five and three. Winning against you. I think you for sure beat Utah, you beat Cleveland, you beat Detroit, you beat Houston at least once. I think that's four. Right? I'm nervous about Dallas. Because of no Vando, presume uh, assuming Vando is in back for that second for the uh, for the Dallas game on the twenty second, D- Vando should be back for this Dallas game, right? Which is gonna be fun, right? But I'm not quite sure if Lucas gonna be back. I mean, excuse me, if Vando's gonna be back here for Wednesday. If he is, that's awesome. But I'm just not all that confident that Vando will be healthy by then. But so I got I got four for four four and four, maybe five and three. Let's see. Nathan, the chat says we could be Cleveland, Houston, Utah, Detroit. Yep, those are my four wins for sure. I think you could beat Oklahoma City. I think you can't. I think you can still beat Philly, right? So like, I think you could go six and two. You could, right? You could also go three and five, right? Which I I don't think is out of the realm of possibility with this team, right? I just don't think this team is, like, consistent at anything yet, right? So, I don't know. I got five and three. Worst case scenario, three and five. 
Like, I, I think you beat Houston once, Utah, and then Detroit for sure. Worst case scenario, three and five. Best case scenario, six and two. Most likely, four and four. That's what I got. That's what I got. All right. I do want to dive into another topic from tonight's game. As well as look at you guys' questions and comments, as always. And that is LeBron James. I mean, like, he has just been remarkable all season long. It is insane how good this dude is. This man, he is, he's damn near 40. And he is doing stuff that he hasn't done in a little while, right? LeBron James this season, pull up his his uh stuff. Bad, that's a bad goat for you. I'm sorry. This season, did I have utilized him as a cut? He has not missed on cuts. That is insane. As an off-screen shooter, like LeBron has been dialed in, man. Let's take a look at some of his shooting data this season. Like it's crazy. How good he's been. This is regular season. Regular season, right? LeBron James, 76.3% at the rim. 30.8% on pull-up threes. That's probably the one thing I am not loving so far. 42.1% on pull-up middies, though, which I'm fine with. He's 42.9% on mid-range jumpers in general, right? But LeBron James is shooting 45% on catch-and-shoot threes. 45% on catch-and-shoot threes. That is insane. So you add the spot-up ability with, like, I still think one of the game's just, like, best cutters. He is going insane right now. And, again, I would love to see the and the pull-up three-point volume is, like, just now dropping, right? So I'm not like overly concerned about it, right? But LeBron James through 12 games for him is averaging 25 points, 25 and a half points, 15th in the NBA, 25 and a half, 8.3 rebounds, 6.3 assists. He is shooting 57.2%, 39.7%, 68.1%. So 57, 40, 61, 68, right? The three ball is dropping right now. Now, I don't think he's been super engaged defensively at all, right? Which is super frustrating at times, but he has been so remarkable offensively. And I'm like banking on the fact that we know for the most part, based off last postseason run, that in a playoff setting, LeBron James can still be a positive defensively, right? Now, uh, I think it's in a specific role, right? I, I think I think it's only in a specific role, right? But LeBron James can be a positive defensively in a playoff setting. We just saw it last year. So let's go, man. Love to see LeBron James back. Gotta freaking dial down the turnovers. Oh my goodness. Like the turnovers are getting ridiculous for Braun, though. And it's starting to mess them up a little bit. Like the Lakers, ball screen attack, 13. Oh, it's like not that high. Let's see. 
LeBron James half court turnover percentage. 16.4%. That's way too high. He's turning over the ball way too much in transition right now. Way, way, way too many turnovers in transition. So I need LeBron to tie up the turnovers and continue to make shots, man. I mean, analysis, I guess, right? But like, truthfully, he's been so freaking good. Mama Mentality says, Cam learned to play defense from Vando slash or question mark similar. I think Cam's a better screen navigator than Vando. I don't think I don't think Cam is. Hmm, I don't want to phrase this. I don't think Cam is the game wrecker that Vando is. What I mean by that is go watch that Dallas game from Jared Vanderbilt last year, and you'll know what I'm talking about. The the the, the comeback Dallas games, if I had to get super specific, right? where Jared Vanderbilt wrecked that game for Dallas, right? I don't think I don't think Cam is as much of a game wrecker and I don't think Cam is as switchy. I don't even know about that one, right? But even then, right? I I do think Cam I do think Vanderbilt's the better defender. I think Cam's the better screen navigator, which I think is a ultra important skill for this Lakers team to have, right? It just makes this team so much more versatile. So, so much more versatile. Having a screen navig uh, navigation ability, it it's huge, man. It's genuinely huge. I don't know if you can ever play Bando and Cam together. If you, can't, if you do, it can't be for long. And if you do, it has to be with, like, real shooting on the floor, right? But I will say this, man, like, those two guys are going to be so much fun. And then when you get Alex Caruso in here, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And that's another reason why, too, I've seen a lot of people, like, complain about the Lakers' perimeter defense. And I'm like, yeah, it's not great right now because – your best perimeter defender isn't playing. Right? So, Pocky G says, unless Vando did a hyperbolic time chamber to work on his threes, you can't put him and Cam together. Sheesh. Yeah, let's go get Caruso, baby. Someone said Gabe Vincent plays like a pocket. Uh, I don't know what I was about to say. Po pocket? Jeez, I think we just had another Seanism there. So I don't know where I was going with that pocket thing. Um, someone said gave it to place like an uncle at LA Fitness. Um, yeah, Uncle Gabe, hey Unc, right? Hot pockets, maybe I don't know. Super dope hip hop sends the super chat. LeBron James forty five point five percent threes in November, forty percent in the year equal start. Cam and Vando. I don't know, man. D'Lo, too? Like, D'Lo is shooting what? Huh, where's D'Lo at? On catch-and-shoot threes. No, what? Okay, one of those guys have to be pull-up, like, three-point threats. I need one of them. D'Lo hasn't been that. Not yet. D'Lo, including tonight, is at 29.4% on pull-up threes. But D'Lo's at 48.8% on catch-and-shoot threes, right? So... 
D'Lo and Braun have both been like phenomenal off the ball, but I need one of those two guys to be pull-up snipers. Not even snipers, but like 36% on pull-up threes, which I guess technically is probably a sniper. Braun, I think I said, was at 31%, right? So one of those guys take the progression to be a, a pull-up three, like legit pull-up three guy, and we're cooking. Yeah, D'Lo hasn't been a good pull-up three-point guy since he got traded last year. I mean, it, it was way better last year. It was like 34%, where he was at like 39% in Minnesota, which was absurd. Right, so we'll see. We will see. There's one more topic I for sure want to get into, chat, before we get out of here, and that is Austin Reeves. Oh, man. Brother Austin. This one's tough, man. This one's tough. This one isn't for all the dogs. This is for, this is all the sadness right here. That's a an elite Drake reference for anybody that caught that. Look, man, I am not, I want to start this off by saying I have not given up on Austin Reeves one bit, right? I, I, I just refuse, okay? Let, let, let's, let's get that started but Austin Reeves has not been good at all and I think I think in terms of the shots no I'm not gonna say that I said a little while ago around the first game or two right that you know when Austin was struggling shooting the ball they were people were saying oh you know like teams figured him out and I said no they haven't right because I through the first few games if you looked at Austin's shots they were the exact same shots he was just missing them and was it the Clippers game it was like it was a random game I think it was a win maybe it was Orlando where Austin late figured it out I think it was Orlando because that was the overtime game hold on let me see We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I think that okay, maybe it was Orlando, right? But anyway, like you get my point, right? It was like one of these games where it was cl- it was uh really it was really the Clippers game. He was fine against Orlando the first time, right? But and I was like, see, yeah, there you go, right? He's 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 fine. But the one thing that's been consistent all year long, except for like except for maybe a, a three game stretch which ended against the Grizzlies, was the playmaking, right? That's been consistently an issue all year. And I know and I know you look at the box score against Sacramento and it says, oh, and this is what this is what, you know, the uh, like Max Christie stands or whatever are gonna say, right? Oh, he had eight assists. Or tonight. Oh, he had four assists or uh, I'm not gonna talk about Memphis, right? Because, like I said, he played well in that game, and I give him credit for it, right? Or against Phoenix, oh, he had seven assists, right? Cool. Or oh, for the month of November before tonight, he was averaging six assists and only you know, under three turnovers a game, so he's a two to one assist to turnover ratio. Cool. I don't care, right? Because what Austin Reese is doing, and he's done this all year, is he is uh now consistently right he is missing windows and missing throwing opportunities right and it is so frustrating to see from a guy oh wow we do not want that don't know why happened to my camera apologies about that where uh austin i i thought i think austin still has good playmaking chops right at times but I think one thing we've seen Austin really, really struggle with recently is when teams send heavy nail help, right? The nail, if you don't know, the nail is the middle of the floor, right? The, or not the middle of the floor. The nail is the middle of the free throw line. That is the nail, right? So if you have a side ball screen, opposing teams will have the opposite wing defender at the nail to try to stop a ball screen, a ball screen drive, right? And Austin Reeves has really, really struggled with this recently, right? So you look at some synergy data in terms of, like, what, how efficient is Austin Reeves' ball screen offense when the defense commits, right? When the defense sends a body at Austin Reeves or, like, an extra body, essentially, right? Whether it's a trap, not a trap, like a hedge, uh, an aggressive switch off, they're 
helping aggressive help at the, at the nail, right? How good is it? How good is Austin's ball screen offense, right? And it's not good. 0.837 uh, points per possession, right? Affect the field goal percentage, 50%. True shooting percentage, 53.8%. Turnover percentage, and this is where you're forcing the most turnovers are right now. 21.4% for Austin Reeves. He's not getting to the foul line as much, right? And if you look at it in terms of like ranking and how much he's seeing it, teams are throwing this at Austin Reeves now, right? And to the point where he's getting seven possessions a game, a game where he's seeing this stuff, right? So, Oh, let me. How many players we get? There's nine players to face it ten times, right? Let's filter this out. Let's go. Not one. Obviously, not seventy-one. There are twenty-six players in the NBA that face this kind of like aggressive ball screen coverage. There's twenty-seven players, twenty-six players that face this aggressive coverage at least seven times a game, right? At least seven times a game, okay? And it also happens to feature LeBron James and Anthony Davis and D'Angelo Russell, right? But when you look at it for LeBron James, D'Angelo Russell, 0.917. D'Lo's super, super efficient. Effective field goal percentage is way higher. Total percentage is still pretty high, but they're just way more effective, right? And you look at points per possession out of it, right? Austin Reeves is... 19th or 18th, excuse me, right? He's in the bottom 10, right? D'Lo is top five. D'Lo's been awesome this year when you hedge or you do anything aggressive, right? So I need Austin to, to figure out the counter and the coaching staff to figure out the counter to this nail help because we got to be able to get Austin going a lot easier because I don't want to just shift Austin completely off ball and take him out of ball screen opportunities. I do need him to be a better playmaker, though. Like that is like, that's not an excuse for Austin. I need him to be better, right? But it starts in the film, and he has to just watch film, man. He's not comfortable playing a point guard. You can tell Austin's come on the show and said he want he's wanted to play point guard, and he he did it all his life. He was a point guard at Oklahoma before he got drafted, or he had point guard responsibilities at least. Would you trade Reeves or Caruso? No. Not straight up, at least. Um, yeah, and they are. They are. They are starting to. Um, he, I think he's over. I think he's over dribbling. I think he is pressing a ton when it's just hey, make make just make the right play, right? Make the right play, Austin. But that's it, man. Lakers Nation, a good win. You took care of business. The Lakers are back above 500, proving to 7-6. You got a big game on Sunday against the Houston Rockets. Appreciate you all for tuning in here to the LakersNation.com post-post game show. We had a ton of fun diving into here to the advanced analytics and X's and O's. That's what this show is. I'm, as always, I'm going to be interacting with you guys here in the chat. So appreciate you guys for tuning in. Still at 2,500 people strong. Um, 
I asked you guys to do a couple favors for me. One, make sure you guys hit that like button and subscribe here to Lakers Station if you haven't already. Go check out the uh, LakersStation.com podcast. Um, yeah, go, uh, make sure you guys subscribe to LakersStation.com podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to your podcast. Did I miss your super chat? Oh, shoot. I did miss your super chat. Um, I, I missed two of them. So really quick, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll go back through these two super chats. I do apologize. Here. Mom mentality. Can we talk on what we should expect from Bando in game when they get back? Percentage-wise, field goals, three-point field goals, uh, assists, defense, etc. Bando comes back. I expect Jared Vanderbilt to come back and, you know, be a uh, – be the same guy. Be the defensive just force that he was and, you know, be a really, really good half-court, you know, man-to-man, uh, you know, just – Isolation defender. Um, Gabe Vincent is not a seven percent three point shooter. I, I like that is not real whatsoever. I will take that to my grave. The great the Gabe Vincent not a seven percent three point shooter. Like let's be real. Um, Gabe Vincent last season for the Miami Heat, even in the regular season, right where he it wasn't great. Right, Gabe Vincent last season. Shot 33% from three. The year before that, 36.8%, right? Give me 32% at this point, right? I think as it, as it goes to the rotation, I think you go 10-man rotation. I think it's uh, at the start, I think they'll probably do D'Lo, Torian, Braun, Vando, AD, Gabe, Austin, Cam, Rui, and uh, uh, Christian Wood off the bench. I think that's the rotation. I think that's the rotation when uh, when Gabe and when Vano get back healthy. Sean, uh, last super chat. Sean, it's not fair to you to give your analysis right after the game is done. Take your time for more insightful content. Do a morning after segment. Uh, I'm not going to lie. We're talking about what's fair. And I'm not criticizing super chat. I do appreciate the super chat and the feedback. It's ironically more unfair for me it's or oh let me let me backtrack. It's actually a lot harder for me to do a morning after segment. So essentially, it's still like insightful. I'm still like it, it's fine. It's not like an unfair thing or whatever, right? I go watch the game film. I go break down some of the film, and that's what I'm talking about now, right? And we pull up some of the analytics or whatever, right? So it's it's not unfair. It's just what I signed up for. You know what I mean? It, it's it's a lot harder for me to do a morning after segment, right? Because of work, right? So it's just, it's just a lot harder to do a morning after segment uh, in terms of a video, right? Now, most cases, I will like post my thoughts on Twitter at Sean X at Sean underscore DAVI, right? I'll include actual film where I'll talk about, hey, look, great read here by D'Lo, where he sees the low tag man, tag on the cut, makes a great corner skip pass it to uh, uh, Cam Rush in the corner, right? Like, you'll see that stuff on my Twitter, on my X the day after. It's a lot harder for me to do a day after uh, video here on the channel. Appreciate the super chat, though. 
But, all right, guys. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating and review. Great way to help out the show. Follow me on X at Sean underscore D-A-V-I. We are still over 2,000 strong, and we are nearly approaching the conclusion of hour two. Thank you guys so, so much, guys. Got an early morning, so I'm going to go get some rest. You guys get some rest as well. Stay safe. Appreciate you guys. Till next time. See ya, and stay safe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.